0: talkzone.com Everybody, yeah, welcome you to the two guys at a mic show. Thanks for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. We'll talk sports and more for the next hour, actually, to be accurate. 56 minutes and 12 seconds. But who's counting? It's the coach flying solo today. Producer extraordinaire on the other side of the window, Payne. Or sometimes we like to call him the Payne on the other side of the window. He's David Olson, and he'll be helping me out with the program today chance for you to play co-host on the show. You can dial it up at 888-463-6748. Anytime the big dog is gone, it leaves more talk time for our fine listeners. We'll talk baseball, football. Uh, we got some PGA golf news to talk about. A couple of trades to talk about. FIBA basketball. Didn't mention that over the weekend. It's Residue Tuesday, by the way. Uh, we started the term Residue Tuesday back in our old radio show. Back at our old radio show when we did a two hour show, and now it's even, there's even more residue because now it's only a one hour show, and there'd be so many things that would happen over the weekend that we would find ourselves at the end of Monday's show not covering so many topics, as was the case yesterday. Me and the big dog, if you uh, listen to the show on any kind of Irregular basis, uh, you realize that we get sidetracked more often than not, and there's many topics we don't get to. So particularly on a busy sports weekend, we started what we call Residue Tuesday. You can still pick up some of the stories, some of the games, some of the uh, sports items that happened, controversial and or otherwise, that happened over the weekend. You can still uh, bring it up on Tuesday. Residue Tuesday starting tomorrow, though. We forge ahead. We look ahead. History is the past. Tomorrow was the future. Today is a gift, David Olson. Today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. How's that for my philosophical thought for the day? It's a beautiful sentiment, Coach. Yes, it almost brings a tear to your eye. You got any Kleenex over there? I got a little Kleenex here. Actually, I got allergies today, so there's some stuff on this Kleenex I don't want to talk about. That is yours,
1: right? That wasn't left there by another host?
0: What's that? That No, no, no. This is mine. Yes, 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 yes. I know TalkZone.com. Times are rough. Economic crunch is in effect, and we do share the Kleenex. It's part of the, uh, part of the budget crunch that the general manager, Chris Whitting, has enforced. But, uh, no. If we're blowing our nose into the particular Kleenex, we're not going that far in our budget crunch. But thank you very much. Again, the phone number, 888-463-6748. Uh, we gotta start off with our Chicago Cubs. It has not been a very positive season. Not a lot of bright lights, but, uh, Mike Quaddock. Kind of a feel-good story, uh, you know. Long-time, long-time manager in the minor leagues. I think he spent 17 years in the minors, and finally gets a gig up in the major leagues with Uncle Lou Piniella as the third base coach for the Cubs. Lou Piniella resigns, and they name Mike Quaddy the coach. And uh, apparently, these Chicago Cubs players read the script yesterday. They did not read the script on Lou Piniella's last game because they lost 16 to five a couple of days ago. That's not the way to send Lou. Out to his ailing mom, and I still say the real story is that Lou is sick, and that his 90-year-old mom, she's up and well. But Lou is the one that needs hospitalization right now, so we're gonna send a couple of our intern slash detectives down to Florida. But I believe it's mom taking care of Uncle Lou. It's been a long season. I think 90-year-old Mrs. Pinella is up and well. Probably playing a little golf, little cards. Maybe some doubles tennis out there. She's alive and well, very active down in southern Florida, but Lou, not doing so well. So I think mom's taking care of Uncle Lou, but either way, Lou Pinella is going as the uh, Chicago Cub manager. Moment of silence for Lou. Thank you very much. But Mike Quate takes over the Chicago Cubs, and in his first game, who knows how it will go from here, but in game number one, a nine to one victory. Nicely done, Chicago Cubs. Nicely done. Guy deserves at least, uh, a winning record. You realize, David, if 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 Mike Quade were to retire right now, maybe he's got an ailing mom. Maybe he's got an uncle and need of some psychological uh work. Maybe he's got, you know, kids at home. But if Mike Quade were to retire right now, he would be the winningest percentage coach in the history of major league baseball. Ever thought about me? I mean, you know, wanna know? Why not go out while you're on top? Things aren't gonna get any better, I would not think.
1: No, no, they're pretty much guaranteed to get worse. Well,
0: that's what I'm saying. On his card, on his docket, on the gravestone, on the book that they might write about a Mike Quade, whatever they could say about him, he could retire right now before the uh one ten tip-off for the uh, Cubs today. I don't know if it's a day game or night game. We'll assume it's a day game. If it's a day game, he's only got three hours to make this decision. Hopefully he's listening to the pro. He could retire right now and forever. Say that he is the winningest percentage manager. In the history of Major League Baseball. But nicely done. 9-1 to victory for the Cubs. Well done indeed. Casey Coleman. Another rookie. We had a couple of firsts for the, cup, uh, yesterday, for the Cubs yesterday. First win for Mike Cuadde And the first career Major League victory. It's always cool to see a young player get his first MLB victory. Casey Coleman did that and uh, pitched pretty well, I think, uh, into the seventh inning. Only gave up a couple of hits. So uh, not only got the victory, but he was near dominant in his second starting performance for the Chicago Cubs in his first Major League victory. So not a lot of positives for the Cubs. We had to throw that out right off the bat, 9-1 to win. Let's hope after today's game that Mike Quade's career-winning percentage does not drop like 500 points in one game or 500 percentage points. That's kind of a rough thing to take. So if they can go 2-0, maybe they can sweep a series, and he can retire at 3-0. Some say he is, uh, in fact, auditioning for the head managerial job next year. That's possible. It's possible. Tom Ricketts of uh, the Ricketts family, brand new owners of the Chicago Cubs, plenty of money going out right now, not that much money coming in. So maybe they'll, uh, you know, take a gander on a Mike Quade if he does a pretty good job. Obviously would come a lot cheaper, a lot cheaper than a, a Joe Girardi or Japanese very own Bobby Valentine. Or Bob Brunley, the ex-Chicago Cub announcer. I'm sure they get Mike Quade for a, a few less millions than that, but we'll see. So good luck to him. Good luck to the Cubs. Uh, and again, we'll talk some baseball here. White Sox had a day off yesterday, 888 You want to check in on the discussion, talk about your favorite MLB team. Uh, we'll be happy to do so. Uh, we'll move on beyond baseball, but we'll open up. Today's program with a little baseball talk. White Sox take on the Orioles. Sox five back. The Twins did lose yesterday. Actually, four and a half now. Four and a half back. Minnesota lost yesterday to Texas four to nothing. They almost got no hit. Almost got no hit for the second time in a week. For the second time in a week, we had a pitcher pulled who was throwing a no-hitter. And the situation was uh, very much the same. The first one about a week ago was Minnesota pitcher Kevin Slowey, And he was coming off arm problems. I think he had only been maybe a week or two weeks off the disabled list. And I think most of our fans uh know the story now. He pitched, I believe, through seven innings, maybe six and two-thirds. Had the no-hitter going. Ron Gardenhire said, if I were a fan, I would have booed too. But I'm not a fan. I'm the manager. I had to protect my player, and they took him out of the game. Same thing happened yesterday. Texas pitcher Rich Hart. Rich Harden, the young flamethrower who uh, debuted with the Oakland Raider. Oakland Raider. How about the Oakland A? Now a member of the Texas Rangers, not quite the flamethrower he used to be. In fact, he was so much of a flamethrower that he flamed through his arm out. We'll talk about Steven Strasburg in a little bit, too. But Rich Harden uh, had a no-hitter. No-hitter going through six and two-thirds, and the manager pulls him. Out of the game. Second time in a week. Rarely happens. Guy pitching a no-hitter. Similar circumstances with Harden. Hard to argue with the manager. I think he had thrown 110 pitches. (coughs) Excuse me. And uh, manager decided to take him out. Six and two-thirds. One out left in the seventh. The bullpen did the job. Got the out in the seventh. They went through the eighth and I think into the ninth inning. And Naftali Perez comes in to pitch in the ninth inning. And uh, Joe Maurer. Gets a base hit for the Minnesota Twins. Breaks up the no-hitter. More importantly for the White Sox, though, the Twins lost to Texas 4-0. So they had a day off, got to rest a little bit, and gained a half a game. Not too bad. They're back in action, taking on the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Gavin Floyd taking on Mark Guthrie. Or is it Bruce Guthrie? Could be Bryce Guthrie. There's a lot of Guthrie's pitching in baseball. Mark Guthrie's still pitching? can't be Mark. It's Guthrie. It's Floyd against Guthrie. White Sox against the Orioles. Let's see if the Sox can pull off a victory. Also yesterday in baseball, we had Boston knocking off Seattle. Red Sox within five and a half. They're still making a race of it. New York gets beaten by a Toronto. Three to two, Jose Bautista. Man, guy talking about hot every time you read the sports page. Jose Bautista, you are a friend of mine. Hits his 39th homer and his 40th homer. Three to two victory for Toronto over New York. Two home runs for jose bautista in toronto uh, gains the victory st louis knocked off philadelphia 10 or pittsburgh rather 10 to 2 cardinals trying to get back in the hunt against the cincinnati reds who are on a win streak of their own houston knocked off philadelphia three to two brett myers coming back to beat his old team kind of a nice story houston despite the fact that no one's watching him play even in houston uh, I think won seven of the last 11, so actually playing some pretty good baseball. Interesting note too, uh, David Olson, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Have you saw this or not. By losing yesterday, they clinched their 18th consecutive losing season. By the way, any chance, Dave, we are offering, a uh, Pittsburgh Pirates season tickets to one of our listeners in the next couple of days. Maybe we'll throw out a contest, a prize. And by the way, the season tickets go to the winners, not the losers, right?
1: No, I thought they'd go to the losers. Ah, yeah.
0: It's a cheap shot. 18, 18 seasons. 18th consecutive season. Even if they win, they they got 40 games left. <laughs> they could win all 40. They could go on a 40-game win streak, and they're guaranteed of a losing season. That's not good.
1: So, yeah, the last time they had the winner was back in the uh, Bonds, and uh, the Bonds, Sheffield, and uh,
0: Van Slyke days. Andy Van Slyke, her on the show about a month ago. Yeah, yeah. That's a long time I, ago.
1: I remember those, to that, yeah. to
0: those teams. Yeah. They were in the early nineties Pirates. I mean, they're were... a good solid ball club. And I'll go back even further than that. Pittsburgh Pirates had some dominant teams with the We Are Family teams and Willie Stargell and yeah, Bob yeah. Robertson and Manny Sangean and that group. So great tradition. Yeah. Our young listeners don't realize it, but great tradition. But here's an interesting thing. The Pittsburgh Pirates over the last three years, the financial, um, Financial papers disclosed yesterday. It was disclosed by the owner, so they're not trying to hide it. Positive side, on the plus side, thirty four point eight million dollars. So they're losing, but they're making money.
1: Well, look. What's their payroll? First of all, you got to look at that yeah. first and foremost, and then secondly, you know, unfortunately, if they're making a profit and they're still losing. There's no incentive by the ownership to put a winning product on the field mm-hmm. until that number starts coming down. Then you got to go out and spend the money and get free agents and draw people back to the ballpark. But you know, to having a losing team with uh, a positive profit margin it's not a good combination.
0: No, especially
1: if you're a Pittsburgh Pirates fan.
0: No, but they're they're kind of going with my theory, and, and, and you're right about the payroll because we know just about every good Pittsburgh Pirate player. Gets traded. I mean, they, they raised to a certain point. Nate McClough, I think, was the most recent one at the end of last season. You know, the Atlanta Braves traded for uh, the young star for the Pittsburgh. I'm surprised Andrew McCutcheon, who's their young star of the uh, present, hasn't been traded. Jason Bay was another one now starring for the Boston Red Sox. So they mm-hmm. basically trade away uh, all their good play. Well, not all their good players. They're good players when they're ready to take the next step up financially. But they're kind of going with my theory. See, if I were living in Pittsburgh, I'd probably be a big Pittsburgh Pirate fan. They may be losing, but you got a young team without any overpaid, overfinanced, overhyped, and hopefully hopefully over-egoed stars. And I haven't seen a lot of Pittsburgh Pirate baseball. The little bit I've seen them, they still play hard. They compete. And I would argue every victory they get is a big win. It's like an upset. So... Can't you turn out? Is it the modern day fan? Are we so entrenched into winning, winning winning that we cannot go out and root for a team that maybe won't win 66 percent of his game, but when you go to the park you got a one-third chance of winning and you're going to watch some good baseball and hopefully not play the uh, not pay the abhorrent prices that some of these major league teams are charging. I haven't checked what they're charging out in Pittsburgh, but hopefully it's not quite as bad. And you root for a team of, uh, you know, up-and-coming major league players, guys that are hungry. See, I could do that. If I were living in Pittsburgh, I'd be a big Pittsburgh Pirate fan. Now, the other side of the coin is the owner's making money. The owner's making money and the team's losing, so that's not right either, as I present both sides of the argument. If you're going to have a team like that make a little less than uh 34 divided by 3, $11.3 million a year, you know, make a couple million a year. Lower the ticket prices. I don't know what they charge for beer. If we have any listeners out in the Pittsburgh area, help us out. You've been to, us uh, it's not Three Rivers anymore, but whatever the hell, they call their park out in Pittsburgh. Beautiful park. Great place to play baseball. Nobody comes to watch them, but it's a great place. Beautiful aesthetic park. Nice baseball park. 888 We have any listeners in the Pittsburgh area. They lowered the concession prices maybe to help uh, help the cause a little bit.
1: I'm actually just looking at their roster now. <laughs> Um, and they have only one player on the roster that was born before 1981. How does that make you feel?
0: <laughs> Very few aging veterans on the Pittsburgh Pirates.
1: Just a Ho Park is the only person born in the 70s on the roster.
0: And We're not even sure about the uh, birth certificate of a Chanho Park.
1: Exactly, exactly. You know,
0: Chan Ho could be like 47 years old. We just don't know it. Interesting. They, they don't have the salaries of the players, do they?
1: I can look that up. I can look that up.
0: Be interesting to see that. At any rate, uh, there's the financial disclosure. 34 million plus over three years and the Pirates lose yesterday clinching. Guaranteeing, despite the fact there's 40 games left, their 18th consecutive losing season. That's not good. If you're keeping track at home, that is not good from a win-loss standpoint. All right. 888-463-6748. Again, the phone number you want to talk some baseball here. With the coach, and uh, we also have our email, Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com. Two Big dog out today, David Olson, producer extraordinaire, soon to be an on-air host on the show. Yes, David.
1: Uh, I have the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates salaries Uh-oh. in front of me. How many over a million? Uh, six. That's it? That's it. That's it. And uh, of those six, uh, four are over three million. So you've got the uh, highest paid player is Chris Snyder, mm-hmm. uh, who's making five point two million. Uh then you've got Paul Mahome, who is making five million. Zach Duke is making four point three million. Ryan Domit is making three point six. Uh Chanho Park is making one point two, and rounding out the list of millionaires on the pirates is Ronnie Cedeno. Ronnie. Ma- Making 1.1 $1. $1 million.
0: Ex-Chicago Cup. Yes. Cub. Ronnie Sedania.
1: Uh, then the next highest payer, uh, highest paid player on the team is Joel Hanrahan, who's making, mm-hmm. uh, $453,000. Right, so there
0: you go. Their best player, their best player was Andrew McCutcheon, the center fielder.
1: He's and how making, much? he's making, uh, four, $422,000. There you
0: go. Dropping the bucket. There, there, there's a bargain. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah but as you
1: pointed out, when it comes time to cash in, are they yeah. going to pay him the big bucks or? Yeah.
0: I was going to say, Paul, Paul Mahomes and, uh, who is it? Chris, Chris Snyder? Chris Snyder, yeah. Those guys probably won't be long for Pittsburgh Pirate uniforms, which could be a good thing or could be a bad thing. But, uh, I, any low budget team out there, I like to root for. And my theory is, and, uh, if people that listen to the show have heard me say this before, I think the more the low budget teams win, Minnesota Twins are a good example. They're not on the bottom, but they don't spend a ton, and they find a way to win. The more the low-budget teams can win, the more it will convince owners that you don't have to spend ridiculous sums of monies for meaty, ochre players that you can find equal amount of talent for much lesser pay. It will bring down all of the salaries. Hopefully, it might be utopia, but I like living in utopia. Sometimes utopia much more enjoyable place to live than reality. But, you know, bring down the prices, and then, uh, you know, we spend less for ticket prices. We spend less at the concessions. We don't spend 70% of a sporting event watching commercials instead of the actual action. We can always hope. Again, probably not reality, but we can always hope. All right, 888-463-6748. Real quick, before we leave the baseball front, we had mentioned a couple of things yesterday. Uh One was the Triple Crown. Have not heard a lot of talk about the Triple Crown. And right at the end of yesterday's show, the big dog had brought it up. We talked about the last Triple Crown was uh, over three decades ago. Over four decades ago. With Carl Yastrzemski back in 1967. And you've got three guys, almost four this year. The big dog brought up Josh Hamilton as a contender. He, not, he really isn't because he's leading the league in batting. I think he's up there in RBI, but he's like 10 behind in home runs. And after Jose Bautista's day yesterday, I think he's 12. would be pretty hard to fathom at this stage of the game a guy catching up 10, 11, 12 homers. So I don't know if we can put Josh Hamilton in the team picture, but uh, Detroit Tiger, Miguel Cabrera, is in the hunt for the Triple Crown. And believe it or not, there's two guys. Two guys in the National League. One is the youngster, Joey Votto, the Cub hater. Joey Votto, but he's right there. Batting average, home runs, RBIs, he is on the hunt. I think he's three homers behind the leader right now. Maybe four. Albert Pujols hit yet another home run yesterday and I remember first couple months of the season we had talked to a listener St. Louis Larry and he was telling us how uh, you know it's an off season for Albert Pools and of course an off season for Albert Pools still a pretty good season for any other player but so much for the off season of Albert Pools this is not his best year not his best year but he's right there right there in the National League batting average he's right there among the league leaders in RBIs and he is I think a top the National League in home runs, he hit his 33rd yesterday, so he's got a legitimate chance. He's, crown. he's leading
1: the National League in RBI's, uh, home runs, and he is number three in batting average, but he's only, he's only, uh, you know, point, uh, four tenths of a point behind the leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isn't
0: Joey Votto the leader?
1: Joey Votto is batting 323 and Pulis okay. is batting 319.
0: So he's in the hunt? He's in the hunt. And the Triple he's Crown, in I, you know, I, I brought it up with my 14-year-old son. He's a pretty big baseball fan. He was like, huh? What? Uh, So when we were kids, Dave, the the, the triple crown, that was a pretty big thing. You don't hear a lot of it now, but uh, there's three guys that have a shot, legitimate shot, at getting one of the great honors, uh, I think, in baseball.
1: But just looking at the way things are positioned, I mean, Pujols is clearly the guy with the the best chance at doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. Best chance of doing it. So
0: yeah, We'll keep an eye on that. And uh, Also, we mentioned real quick Stephen Strasburg, the young sensation. A lot of the uh, experts, the pitching gurus out there saying this kid might be the most talented young player to come to the major leagues in a long, long time. They even mentioned the now somewhat defamed Roger Clemens as the last guy with this kind of potential. But continued arm problems for Stephen Strasburg, who made the leap from college baseball, to Major League Baseball in less than a year, and we all know how successful he was in his first couple of starts, but he's on the DL again. Again, if you saw it over the weekend, I think it was Friday or Saturday's game, threw a fastball and immediately grimaced and held the right elbow. On the DL, injured elbow, and you hope that's not going to be the story of Steven Strasburg's career, a guy uh, with that much talent you'd like to see it play out. Into Major League Baseball, but back on the DL he goes. So that'll be a developing story. We'll follow that as well. Oh, right, we're gonna take a quick break when we come back. Uh, David Olson, I'm gonna ask you about a movie I watched over the weekend. It's been out for a couple of years, but I caught it very underrated. I thought it was outstanding. We'll get into some um, TV shows as well with our media critic David Olson. We got football to talk about and a couple of other stories, both on sports page and off, including Ron Baglevich appearing on Comedy Central last night. Yikes. Yikes. All right, we'll take a quick break. com. two guys in a mic. Big dog out today. Coach Flan, solo, back in about 38 seconds. Don't go anywhere.
1: are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach
0: john cone almost forgot that 888 go for it is the same as 888-463-674 i don't think i've used the go for it symbol since the uh, first week of the show i always get bugged by phone numbers that go by the uh you know by some little catchy phrase because who, you know who's got the keys memorized so, you know, throw me out the numbers. Don't give me, you know, 1-800, buy it now. But everybody's texting these days, so they know, it. Yeah, they, they you're know right. where it is. So, yeah. You know, almost as I said that, I realized the younger generation's probably got to memorize. I am texting, I'm still, hot uh, and pecking on the texting though. But I'm getting better.
1: Yeah, I got a bad cell phone for it. I keep sending like bad texts that aren't complete because mm-hmm. you yeah, know. Plus, I got the big thumbs, so it doesn't make it easy on the small phone because I don't have the I, I don't have one with the keyboard yet. I haven't broken down and done that.
0: You need a big phone with a big thumb
1: area. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They don't
0: make special phones for guys with big thumbs.
1: Well, see, what happened is, you know, I did, got in, like, when the cell
0: phones got smaller and smaller and smaller, mm-hmm.
1: but now they've kind of gotten bigger because they got the, you know...
0: Yeah, keyboard.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're more like a tablet. But I've still got the little flip phone, and it's like, it's it's not conducive to texting. hmm So...
0: And am I getting it right? Technological expert David Olson, our producer here, that uh, now that I have mastered email and... Group emails become very efficient. Am my getting the feeling that suddenly people are not going to be checking emails as much? That group texting is going to be the way to go. I've heard a few people say, don't email me anymore, but text me if you want to get a hold of me. You know, more well, yeah, I
1: think I, I think people have gone more the text route because yeah you can check your email through your phone but it's it's quicker just to get a text because okay. i mean you have, you know in order to check your email on your phone mm-hmm. unless you've got certain apps and everything that indicate when you have an email
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's you know it's like calling somebody
0: See, you I'm know bum- it's like
1: you could just you just say oh just call me no just text me you yeah. know so
0: yeah i'm constantly climbing the uphill battle that is the technological world i mean i climbed the big hill of um uh, computers and i got it down pretty good now yeah, but then you find,
1: you find out when you yeah you get to the top of that peak, you look up and there's a
0: peak, exactly. you, a
1: peak you didn't see from the bottom. Now you know, that
0: I've mastered the whole email thing, apparently I, I'm beginning to get the feeling that email is going to be a little bit on the way out and the texting. And group text is going to be the way to communicate people. It used to be if you want to get a hold of people, like I coach a lot of different teams. Emailing has been a beautiful, beautiful way of communicating. And not having to make phone calls. Used to have a team parent in the telephone trees. You yeah, you could put the email. Obviously it applies to every business or every organization. You put the email out. People can read it. You figure people are checking their emails two, three times a day. Thought I had the system down. Thought I climbed to the top of that technological communicable mountain. And as you said, right when I get to the top, now it seems people are going to be checking their emails a little less. And it's the texting. Exactly. It's text. Yeah. So how do you, is there, is there a way to set up group text?
1: Asking the wrong person, I'm way behind the curve on the whole text oh, thing. Yeah. I mean, I I still have a home phone line. Really? I do, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, we do, too. But I would say this, if I was starting all over, if I was, like, moving to a new location or going bachelor right now, I wouldn't even think about getting a home phone. We pretty much have it because we, we have it. Yeah, but the home phone, the landlines, those things are uh, definitely heading the way of the dinosaur.
1: Yeah, we're just kind of too lazy to go out and like compare cell phone plans because we could, you know, between me and my wife, if we looked, we could probably find a cell phone plan that you know was cheaper than our right. current home home
0: mm-hmm. plan. Right. So yeah, you gotta gotta keep up with the gun, keep up with the technological Joneses, if you will. Eight 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 four six three six seven four. Real quick off the sporting phone, we'll get to some football and some other uh, talk and review the baseball, too, college football. Associated Press came out with their rankings over the weekend. I want to bring up college football, too. One of our favorite sports here on the uh, Two Guys and a Mic show. Uh, And, again, our phone number, 888-463-6748. If you want to check in, talk sports or more, maybe you can help us out in the world of textology out there and um, put us on the right track. Maybe put me on top of the mountain before another mountain hath been built. I would appreciate that. Uh, Flipping around channels, I caught a movie. I think it's been out for at least a year, maybe two years Pretty darn funny. It was Pineapple Express.
1: With yeah, that's, Seth Rogen? Yeah, that's a, that's a couple years old. Okay. It's a couple years old.
0: <laughs> Total stoner movie. Well, yeah, you know but what? Very funny.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. And, uh, God, Seth Rogen wrote it. So you've seen it. I've seen it. Okay. I've seen it.
0: Seth Rogen, by the way, pretty talented guy. Ah, uh, I disagree.
1: I, I kind of feel like I've seen Seen it with Seth Rogen, you know what I mean?
0: He does tend to play a similar character, yes, I'll grant you that. But he's pretty funny.
1: No, you know, it's pretty funny. And, you know, him... um on this, we'll get to that in a sec. But um, you can tell with the movie itself, that scene at the end where they're sitting in the where they're sitting at the restaurant eating the yep. waffles. Mm-hmm. That's where the whole idea from the movie came because you could see Seth and his buddies sitting there stoned one night, saying, "Oh, we did this and we did this." You know, well, it, was just, it, was, that. Okay. it was just kind of it was an interesting concept of and they've... a stoner action movie. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stone- There's a contra- contrarian mm-hmm. terms a stoner action mm-hmm. movie. Are you saying they put that scene in purposely I'm to saying, symbolize? I, I'm
1: saying I'm saying that scene. I can picture that playing out in real life, and okay. then developing the movie from that, where <laughs> they're just like, you know, just saying, "Oh, we did this, <laughs> and we did this, and remember when we did this," and saying, "Oh, you know, that'd make a pretty good movie." You know, mm-hmm.
0: it was. It was, and you mentioned stoner action movie, and the first part of it was a. Uh, Stoner comedy for the, for the most part. But I'll tell you what, some of the action scenes, pretty damn good for a comedy. Special yeah, effects and uh, absolutely the fight scene between not so much with the, the Asian Mafia or the Asian Hitmen and Gary Cole, the final fight scene. That was pretty cool, too. But the one where the, the uh, drug dealer in the middle, who I think is the same guy who plays Kenny Perry in Eastbound and Down, the HBO baseball show, which is very, very good, too. Yeah, Danny McBride. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That was a heck of a scene, almost a comedic fight scene, but oh I mean, yeah, absolutely, but really absolutely. good, yeah, really yeah. good.
1: But yeah, speaking of uh, Seth Rogen and James Franco, yep, my wife and I, and we missed it the first time around. We've been watching uh, Freaks and Geeks on IFC, okay, which is where the two of them met. Was on the uh, set of that show.
0: Is James Franco a freak or a geek?
1: He's a freak, okay. and so Seth Rogen. But it's kind of funny because that was a. Uh, Judd Apatow's first thing into the big time, mm-hmm. and it's got, like, all the actors in it that he's, like, kept throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, James Franco, Seth Rogen, uh, the guy that's the star of Who I Met Your Mother, Jason. him No, 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 no. I, I forget the guy's name, but he's the star of uh, How I Met Your Mother. And he was also in, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and I Love You Man and a couple of the other things. Oh yeah, movies. yeah. The,
0: the big guy. Yep. Okay. Yep. I don't think it's Jason, is it?
1: It is. It's Jason. I can okay. look him up. I can look him up.
0: Uh huh. Interesting. Judd Apatow, by the way, a local guy out of Chicago. I'll have you know. I will have you know that I once played softball for a couple of seasons with Judd Apatow's brother. Rob, who is now a big time executive. How about that? How about that for your brush with fame? Joe Mappatow, pretty successful movie producer, putting out uh, comedies of somewhat questionable nature, but it was still a good movie. You haven't seen Pineapple Express, as I haven't uh, pleasantly surprised by that particular film.
1: Jason Segel is the guy I'm thinking Jason of. Siegel? Jason Segel? Jason Segel. That was the guy
0: Siegel, in yeah. Forgetting Sarah Marshall?
1: Yes. Hmm. He's the guy in Forgetting Sarah right. Marshall.
0: Doesn't look like a, doesn't look like a Jason Segel.
1: Another, another comedy you got to check out. With Craig Robinson, who was the the black thug in Pineapple Express, the guy that's also on The Office, Yep, Hot Tub Time Machine. (laughs) My (laughs) wife and I watched it over the weekend. We just, because it was in our Netflix queue and we'll check it out. Wonderful movie. It was so funny. We were, like, surprised at how good it was. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, John Cusack, Craig Robinson, and Rob Corddry who used to be on The Daily Show, mm-hmm. and it's about, like, three guys. They're middle-aged, and their lives are going nowhere, so they decide to go back and visit the ski lodge where they spent their formative years, and they're magically transported back to the winter of 1986 where they get to relive that weekend. And it's just uh-huh. – it's. Very, very funny movie.
0: Movie critic David Olson recommending yet another movie. I remember when that movie came out, Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, yeah was I, about six months ago. Came okay. Out. I mean, I read the title and I read the description. I had like zero interest. It just didn't sound good, but you're telling me. I,
1: yeah, I kind of did too, but I'd, okay. like, I'd heard some buzz. It's like, yeah, you know what? This is actually a pretty good movie, and it okay. was. It really
0: was. Okay. There you go. 888-463-674. Is there another comedy out there that was not? necessarily panned and world-renowned and well-received by all the experts out there you've watched. And you know what? Pretty underrated. Pretty good movie. We all need a laugh, especially here in Chicago, the way our Bears and Cubs and Sox have been playing of late. We definitely need a couple of good comedies to keep our mind off the sporting world. So you got a couple of those or a one in particular you want to recommend? Would love to hear from you. Again, Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Big dog out today. Coach flying solo. We talked about the Cubs winning for Mike Quane, his first major league victory. Atta boy, Mike! White Sox taking on Baltimore, uh, by yesterday, game off, day off, rest for the relievers, rest for the starting pitching. Boy, do they need rest. Probably more mentally than they did uh, physically, did the White Sox, but, uh, they'll come back, hopefully. Hopefully, uh, at home, taking on the Baltimore Orioles. White Sox need to put together a streak. I don't know if they need to go 26 and 5. That kind of a streak, but they do need to get on a winning streak and obviously uh, get hot, put some pressure on the Minnesota Twins. Right now, four and a half back, and we all know the White Sox have not played well of late. We're not giving up the dream just yet, but it's not looking good. They can start to turn things around when they take on the Baltimore Orioles. We'll see if that happens. All right, some uh items from over the weekend. A little residue Tuesday, if you will. Some things we did not get to yesterday. One was the Arlington Million, which happened Over the weekend, big horse race at Arlington Park, and uh, Gio Ponte, the favorite, looked like he had the race won, and you know Brady Stiff, David, our co-host on the show, he works at the racetrack, and apparently uh, not only worked there, but had laid down a dollar or two or a little bit more than that, and his Facebook comments on what happened, the final stretch run of the Arlington Million, cannot be repeated on this show. I didn't even know they could be repeated on Facebook, quite frankly. There's apparently no filter on Facebook. But he was firing a few F-bombs and a few S's and a few other choice words as Debussy. The horse Debussy makes a late stretch run right down the rail and catches Gio Ponte, the favorite. And all the Gio Ponte fans, they were counting up their money looking at their ticket, figuring out how much they bet, what the odds were, figuring out how much their bankroll had just increased. And down the stretch, he co- here comes De Bussy, ridden by William Buick, and he pulls away and wins the Arlington Million and breaks the heart of co-host Brady stuff and all the Gio Ponte fans. Congratulations to DeBussy. De Bussy did request after the race to be put out to stud. But apparently his owners would not put him out to stud. He will continue to race, much to the disappointment of many of the female Debussy horse fans. And actually one female Debussy fan is not a horse, but we won't talk about that right now. Uh, item number two, titillating tidbits, news and notes from over the weekend. Again, just flipping around channels, trying to find something interesting. You got know, what you got? Like 188. Actually, on my package now, I think I got like 500 different TV stations. It's amazing. You can flip around how many until you find something interesting. But I did liken upon, I think it was on ESPN, to the FIBA Basketball Championships. Now, I guess it's an exhibition game. The United States playing some games in preparation for the FIBA Championships, and I tuned in, it was the start of the fourth quarter. Immediately captured my attention, exhibition or not. High level of intensity, taking on Spain. U.S. had a 12-point lead, and as I'm watching the game, Spain got it down to 10 Got it down to eight, six, four, two, one. Spain takes the lead with 30 seconds left. It was a great ball game. Great game. I thought it was in the middle of a college basketball season. Fans going wild, high intensity players on the benches. Totally into the game. Spain led by Mark Gasol. Powell's brother, Powell was up in the stands. He was not playing. Uh, Juan Carlos Navarro, who I think had one year in the NBA. Outstanding guard for the Spain team. Another guy, the, um, Spanish version of Pistol Pete Maravich. Ricky Rubio, who I think was the number 7 draft choice of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He decided not to play in the NBA last year. Decided to continue playing in Spain. He'll be an NBA player before it's over. The guy's got a great handle. Plays with a flair, as did Pete Maravich. Has a very exciting style to watch. But anyhow, great ball game. United States pulled it out, won by a point. Kevin Durant blocked... A last-second shot. I think it was Gasol who shot it, but Kevin Durant with a block. Spain goes down to defeat, and I don't know if it's wrong or not, David Olsen. Is it wrong? Down the stretch. I was rooting for Spain. Underdog team. NBA stars are out there. By the way, these are not all the top-level NBA stars. No Kobe. No LeBron. Derrick Rose of the Chicago Bulls, a uh, member of the team. Matter of fact, he scored the last couple of baskets. Kevin Durant, Tyson Chandler. I'm not sure what he he's doing. Everything. Chauncey Billups. So you got some big time stars, but the super superstars not part of that team. But yeah, I was rooting for Spain. I don't know anybody else watching that game that had the same weird reaction. I didn't go into it. I expected to be rooting for the U.S., but down the stretch, the fans were behind the Spanish team. This you could see the guys on the bench for Spain. It was only an exhibition game. But it would have been a huge victory for Spain. Great ball game. Great ball game. I'm now uh, going to check out the FIBA International Basketball Championships, which I think open up this weekend. We'll see if the United States can go for a clean sweep. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski. Krzyzewski. God bless you. The head coach of that particular team, Jimmy Bayheim, One of the assistants. I even saw Doug Collins' the son, uh, uh Chris. Chris helping as an assistant coach, getting some... PT on the bench there. Chris Collins, I'm sure, will be a head collegiate coach before too long. But right now he's uh, Mike Krzyzewski's right-hand guy on the Duke bench. So those were a couple things we watched over the weekend. Also, the college football rankings came out again, Residue Tuesday. The fans out there, something happened over the weekend. You didn't get a chance to call in or comment on yesterday's show. That's what Residue Tuesday is all about. We'll pick it up today starting tomorrow. We move on. We forge ahead. But today, we can still. Pick up some of the residue from the weekend, 888-463-674. Real quick, before we take a break, Dave, the college football polls came out. Alabama, as expected, the preseason number one. This is the Associated Press. I think UPI coaches poll had already come out with its rankings. Uh, Ohio State ranked number two, Boise State. Boise State, no longer the underdog. They're sort of like what Gonzaga has become in college basketball. The feel good story for a while, but when you feel good that long, reality starts to set in. In college basketball, you start to realize Gonzaga can play with the big boys. They're no longer the Cinderellas. Same thing with Boise State and college football. They are for real. Preseason number three, getting some serious respect from the college football writers out there. So Boise State checks in at number three. I, I put on our uh, coach's corner on our website and I highly recommend the reading of the, uh, another outstanding version of the coach's corner. <laughs> at uh, www.2guysmic.com. That's our website, all kinds of fun stuff on the website. You can hear any of our past shows. If you get lonely for two guys in a mic any time during the day, 24-7, you wake up in the middle of the night, can't go back to sleep, no better show. Nothing better than to put you back to sleep than tune in to one of our past archive shows. I guarantee within 15, 20 minutes we'll put you to sleep. God bless. But uh, it's right out there for you, and check that out at twoguysmike.com. But I think I had stated in there that the team, uh, my, one of my college football philosophies this year is ABA for the national championship. ABA, and I put in parentheses, anyone but Alabama. Nothing against the fine folks of Alabama. Nothing against the great tradition of Alabama football, but. I don't know if I can handle seeing Nick Saban win another national championship. That ego is already too big. All right, we'll take a quick break. My voice is uh fading out here. Hopefully we can hold on for a few more minutes. Final segment coming up. Dial it up. We'll open up to the phone lines, 888-463-6748. Coach flying solo today. Co-pilot seat, wide open. Jump in, strap yourself in. And remember, your seat cushion can be used as a flotation device.
1: are open for your calls on two guys in a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach
0: john cone that's right once again here's the coach john cone that guy always says that like in disgust <laughs> maybe i'm just paranoid it comes with the old age 888-463-6748 two guys and a mic the coach flying solo that dial it up folks we talked baseball earlier in the show we picked up some of the uh News and notes, titillating tidbits from over the weekend. We didn't bring up the fact that apparently uh, David uh, has been confirmed. It's not confirmed. It's official. The divorce of golfing great Tiger Woods and modeling great and babysitter great Elon Nordhagen has become official. That's right. So
1: if you're a porn star or a waitress, watch out. Tiger's back on the prowl. Take it easy. Yeah.
0: Take it easy. He's over that. The sex addiction clinic. Has been uh, conducted. He went through that for four weeks, and I'm sure he's looking for a very yeah. settled down, yeah. if not matrimonial, relationship.
1: Yeah, c- come on, <laughs> what, what, it, 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 sex addiction. I, how come only celebrities who get caught yep. in, in cheating scandals have sex addic- addiction? Yeah. You, ever, you ever see Joe, like uh, you know, uh, Joe the plumber, go to sex addic- addiction? That's good point. Al the electrician, no. no good no, point. No. It's no.
0: One could it, say many of the male commodity we were all born. With the natural chromosome of the sex addiction.
1: Yeah, you don't have a sex addiction, you got caught. Yeah. They're, 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 that's yeah. all there is to it.
0: Now, would you uh, say the same thing about the quote-unquote anger management that many athletes are sent to?
1: No, anger management is kind of, is somewhat legitimate because mm-hmm. um, they send people that are uh, – you know, With road rage to anger management. Okay. And people, uh, domestic abuse to anger management. But aren't some
0: athletes uh, sent to anger management just as a way out almost for just being obnoxious and generally bad behavior and bad attitudes?
1: Are you specifically talking about Carlos Zambrano? Well,
0: there's been more than a few athletes in in recent that have gone to anger management. Mm -hmm. Maybe, instead of housing two separate areas, maybe they could have the anger management and the sex addiction clinic all part of the same. That'd be a hell of a lunchroom. They could hold some, like, you know, parties after hours. You get the anger management people, you know, almost like the uh, the male dorm and the female dorm at college getting together for a little social mixer. Well, you got your anger management dorm over here. <laughs> David Olson shaking his head over there. Okay, coach, I know where you go. You got your sex addiction clinic over here. You know, you're you're there for a month. They got to have a couple nights out, right? So you have a couple of dances, a couple of get-togethers, a couple of little socials, if you will, between the anger management people and the sex addiction people. I think it would be healthy for both fronts.
1: So you got the uh, sex addiction people making passes at the anger management people and the anger management people beating up the uh, the sex addicts. And, the, the, the possibilities
0: yeah. are endless. Yeah, <laughs> That could be Judd Apatow's next movie, by the way. There you have it. Seth Rogen could star in on that Actually, one. Actually,
1: well, there already was an anger management.
0: Yes, a classic, Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal.
1: No, 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 you're thinking of Analyze This and Analyze That. Anger Management management was Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson.
0: Oh, I didn't see that, okay.
1: Yeah, you didn't miss much.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All I pictured in the promo is the two of them in bed together. Yeah, yeah, Right. When I'm smoking a cigarette, all right, Anger Management. One of my my favorite scenes in uh, all the movies is in the... uh, Billy Crystal, Robert De Niro ones, what were those called again?
1: Uh, Analyze This, yeah. and then a sequel was Analyze That. When in the
0: very first Analyze This, Billy Crystal lays down the law with Mafia leader Robert De Niro, I'm not gonna do this, and bum, 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 and this is it, this is gonna end, and that's the way, eh. And then there's like a quick blackout of the screen, and the next thing you see is Billy Crystal going down to the bottom of a shark, shark tank, <laughs> with his eyes and his mouth wide open. Oh, goodness. I don't know if
1: you remember um, that Analyze This and The Sopranos mm-hmm. came out at the same time. Uh-huh. And they were like, oh, it, it, I, actually, I think Analyze This came out a few months before The Sopranos. because I rem- And it was like, oh, it's the whole th- same thing, you know, comedy and drama about the mafioso type going to the mm-hmm. psychiatrist. And um, if I remember correctly, they were like, oh, well, this is why The Sopranos is never going to work, because this comedy was so successful. And- mm mm-hmm. Well, there yeah. you go. Right? Yeah.
0: Whoever said that comment, not quite. Sopranos, yeah. by the way, the living, very breathing um, exemplification of both anger, people that could have used anger management and sex addiction clinic. It's right there for you. Right there for you. 888 463 6748. The phone number. Producer David Olson stepping in in the uh, big dog spot today. We much, much appreciate that. By the way, I went to uh, Street Fest. Edison Park Fest over the weekend, and I know it seems like in the Chicago area, anyways, most people are very anti against the street fest. Ah, who wants to go there? You got the
1: big crowds. No, no, no. That's a, that's the... a, that's really that's not true at all. Really? Okay, that's one of the appeals of living in uh, like in the Chicago mm-hmm. city proper was the street festivals because every neighborhood. Has got has got their yeah. own festival. Every single neighborhood. I mean, that's that's the one thing I really miss from my time living in the city. It Was like like during the summer. It was like every weekend. It's like mm-hmm. okay, well now it's you know Taste of Lincoln Park, and now we got the Bucktown Street Festival, and it was one thing right after the other, and mm-hmm. they all had their own unique flair and their own unique. Yeah.
0: Taste maybe and maybe it's, so. maybe it's the people I'm hanging around with. A bunch of fuddy duddies. Maybe it's out in the suburban area and. Uh, any of our listeners out there, real quick, off the sports bit. if you went to a fest uh that was particularly good or particularly bad, you want to talk about that one, well, maybe one that's coming up, your particular town's fest. There's a ton of them in the Chicago area, and I'm sure around the country here, particularly in the uh, summertime, 888-463-6748. But it uh, seems like a lot of people I've touched. What do you want to go to those things for? It's the same thing. You know, the overpriced food, the big crowds. It's hot out there.
1: Yeah, I think, I think once you get past a certain age, you don't want to go any further than the one that's in your own suburb Uh or your own neighborhood. You know, it's like, Oh, well, yeah, you know, I live in Park Ridge. Well, we'll we'll Mm -hmm. go to the, we'll go to taste of Park Eh. Ridge, but I'm not going to Edison Park Fest. So So,
0: yeah, get outside your bubble, travel a little bit, but I'm I'm a big fan. I'm a big, uh, big crowds. I I don't like when it's super, super crowd, but I like crowds. One of my favorite hobbies is people watching. I mentioned, uh, you know, with TV now, you get like 500 stations flipping around, you flip through 150 different stations, you can't find anything interesting to watch. People watch.
1: Oh, you, yeah. You just yeah. watch
0: Watch people. They're funnier than 98.6% of what's on television.
1: Absolutely. Just watch Absolutely.
0: the. Now, my kids think I'm like a stalker or some creepy, you know, dad, yeah. people, stop staring at people. I'm not like making people uncomfortable. I just enjoy yeah. watching the relationships yeah. that people have and and the way people act after a beverage or two or six or seven. So I enjoy that aspect of it. And, and, you know, for the most part, I enjoy the food, too, although I will tell you, Dave, at Chicago's beautiful Edison Park Fest, I did have uh, what I would call a bad chicken kebab. And I've always been a fan of the chicken kebab. But after this particular chicken kebab, I may never. You know how sometimes you have one time you eat something bad and you can't eat that food again?
1: Yeah, I have a tendency to stay away from kebabs altogether at the street fairs. <laughs> I find nothing good can come of the kebabs. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Let that be a lesson to all the young listeners out there. I have not had similar, I've had more positive kebab experiences in past fests. So I cannot say the same thing, but I did go bad kebab this particular time, and uh, that was the only negative. I will tell you one, I think, one of the great inventions of recent years in the beer industry. See if you're with me on this is those blue aluminum cans that I think are, no, are bottle-shaped? Yeah. I don't know what it is about those. Maybe it feels colder on the outside. It keeps the cold. Well, the it, beer it, just tastes better. I love those things. Because it gets them colder.
1: It gets them colder. But the thing I don't like about those is that it warms up really fast, I find. Okay. I find. But, yeah, when you first get it and you crack that thing open, yeah. it's... it's that's good stuff.
0: Yeah. There's it's something about the look of it, the feel of it. Maybe you're right. The initial cold. Mm-hmm. Not only the beer, but the outside of the bottle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All All right. right. I'm with you on there.
0: All right. Very good. 888-463-674. And, of course, you get to listen to good music, too, most of the time. It's for free. A cheap way to listen it's, it's, to some pretty good bands.
1: It's usually for free. And that's... that's like before the kids came along, that's what me and my wife used to do is we would go out to the different festivals just yeah. to see the music. Cause Absolutely. you know, you Absolutely. get the, he get the washed up rockers from like the sixties, seventies yeah. and eighties that are exactly. there. You know, it, you know, we got to experience Davy Jones at Arlington Heights Fest <laughs> and, uh, Night Ranger at a Taste of Vernon <laughs> Hills and mm-hmm. Eddie Money, uh, out at Brook Days and, no, yeah, it was always good to see these guys. You ever
0: get a shot at Creedence Clearwater Revival?
1: Uh, minus John Fogarty? no, I've not. I've not uh-huh. had the pleasure. At have that. Have you
0: ever but... seen Rain?
1: Oh, well, the the best one was Night Ranger because they they performed wearing like their T-shirts from the 80s. Uh-huh. So it's
0: <laughs> like
1: Night Ranger wearing the Night the Night Ranger T-shirts just in case you forget who we are. Uh-huh. We're Night Ranger.
0: I went to a buddy of mine who sadly is no longer with us. Tragic story unto his own, but he used to throw a huge, this guy had a lot of money, and he would throw a party, a summer party, and he would bring in some of the washed up bands, including, we saw Casey and the Sunshine Gang, and, uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Cool and the Gang, you know, at his well, private and, parties. But you talk about washed up bands, they don't get any more washed up than Casey and the Sunshine Band.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, uh, Cool and <laughs> the Gang, that's kind of, you know, it's kind of a big deal because they weren't, like, Casey and the Sunshine Band, they had, like, one song and then they were gone, or they had One mm-hmm. Magical Summer where they were on the top of the charts. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, Cool and the Gang hung around for several years there in the late 70s, early 80s. So that's kind of impressive. Kind, ever, kind of.
0: Have you ever heard the group Tommy Thumb and the Four Fingers? I have not. <laughs> oh, if I ever have a rock group, that's what I'm going to name Thank you very much. All right. Uh, anyhow, I highly recommend people to get out. People I talk to, too many on the suburbs, are too fuddy-duddy about it. Be at a, a little local a community, uh taste fest, if you will, or one of the bigger ones downtown. Get out there. Rub elbows with the people. Get out there. Drink a beer. Listen to some quality music.
1: Yeah, well, you still can because you only got a couple weekends to yep. do that because yep. Labor Day weekend, that's that's it for those. Mm-hmm. till next year. Yep. Unless you want to do the pumpkin farms, which...
0: Not quite the same thing. Not not the same thing at all. (laughs) All right. 888-463-6748 is the phone number. If you're going to dial it up, you better do it quick, though, folks. we got about a minute and a half left in the show. The big dog might be off all week. He is on potential job number, I think, 38, which might conflict with the hours of this particular program. We are hoping he said it's a temporary job. And he's hoping it comes through. So for Big Dog's financial status, I hope that the job comes through. So we uh, wish him the best of luck. He may be back with us. He may not in the next couple of weeks. If not, uh, we'll try to get some guest hosts in here. We'll uh, put producer David Olson on the spot and, of course, make you and the listener one of our co-hosts. Phone lines will always be open uh for your perusal at 888-463-6748. But we do wish the dog the best of luck in PJ... Number thirty-eight potential job number thirty-eight over his illustrious career. All right, let's uh, wish the White Sox good luck today taking on the Baltimore. We'll see if we can get back on the winning streak. And again, Mike Quade has about two hours left to decide. I opened up the show by saying the Cub manager could retire right now, before this afternoon or this evening's game. And if he retired right now, he would go down as Major League Baseball's winning, winningest percentage manager ever. Something to think about if you're a member of the Mike. Quaddy family. If you have Mike's phone number, give him a call. That's what I suggest. Retire now and a legacy. will be with you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Talkzone.com. Two guys and a mic and a sign-off. Have a great day.